The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Lord, Simon Peter said to him, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Lord, Peter asked, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus replied, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, and so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Can you see me okay? Thank you to our staff um, for working late into the evening. It was like college all over again, grad school all over again. I, I just would come in and more stuff would be done, and it was amazing. And so um, thanks, Taylor, Drew, Katie, Cody, Molly, etc. The title of my message is Fail in the Faith. Before we dive into this passage, would you bow your heads with me as I share another brief word of prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to begin by asking everyone this question. Have you ever faced an obstacle that seemed insurmountable? Well, after canceling their trip in March 2020 because of the global pandemic, the men in our church were determined to go on our annual men's hike this past spring. So after months of preparation and prayer, the guys finally headed out on March 18th, 2021. And guess what? They immediately faced what looked like was an insurmountable obstacle. You see, after a crazy winter storm where loads of freezing rain were dumped on the mountains of North Carolina, on the very first day, the men came across a raging river from all that runoff. And they either had to find a way across the river or head back and find another way around. So what did they do? Take a look. I don't think I can cross it. Well, come, come back. back. Don't, like, let somebody else yeah. do the road yeah. cross. If you're struggling with it, everyone's going to struggle with it. We can I'm go. not even going to pass part. We can find a different area. A different person. Don't put yourself in danger. Yeah, don't. We don't have to cross here. Why are you walking up river? <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's too much. Too much. Come back. Go Come back. back. Come back, Chris. That's too much. 
Yeah, put it around a three. Get some He's, yeah. That was our own fearless Chris McGarty. He's in the back of the room. You know, I love, I love how you scream, I'm not even to the fast part. You see, Chris, uh, you might not be able to see it, but Chris was forging the way forward. And with him, he had a rope. And Chris's aim was to make it across that raging river and secure that rope so the other guys could come across. Now, just to tell you how daring this moment was, we also researched this week how cold the river was. Any guesses? Mike just said cold, because you made it across, right? 40 degrees. 40 degrees. Crazy, right? But guess what? They lived, and they made it across. And Chris was able to, yeah, that's good. That's always helpful. Um, Chris was able to secure that rope so the other guys could make it too. So let's take a follow-up uh, look at a video here. You hear him? Don't let go of that rope. There's Aaron again. Hang on to that rope. You got it, Jonathan. Does someone need to put more tension on that rope? Go for it. Uh, we tent I tension is pretty good. the hairy part right there. You're almost out of it. Like three more steps. There you go. Nice. Nice. That's our own percussionist, JB. It was almost over his head. I love this comment. I love this comment. That's the hairy part right there. The whole thing was hairy, guys. And the women in the room are going, yeah, my husband's never going on that. What I love about this story is it provides such a visual of our faith journeys, doesn't it? You know, in life, we'll all come across what look like to be insurmountable obstacles. Failing health, broken relationships, job loss, secret struggles, raging rivers, and on and on the list goes. So what do we do in these moments? Or better yet, what does Jesus invite us to do in these moments? Rowan, does he say, just throw in the towel? Hudson, does he, does he say, uh, just pull up your boots by the bootstraps? Leah, does he say, just live by the survival of the fittest? No, he does not. He invites us all into something far better. So this leads us into our passage and our big idea today. No matter what we face today, we do not have to fear tomorrow because Jesus is always faithful. 
No matter what we face today, we do not have to fear tomorrow because Jesus is always faithful. Amen? Amen. And we'll see this over the next few minutes. So point note, number one, no matter what we face today, our passage begins, Lord, Simon Peter said to him, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Lord, Peter asked, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus replied, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. You see, friends, sometimes in life, the obstacles we actually face are not, not outside of our community, but actually within our community. And that's the case in our passage. Now, before we unpack what Peter exactly says and does here, we need to unpack the context of this text. Jesus, after sharing the most intimate night ever with his disciples, a setting earlier in John 13 where he broke the bread and he washed the disciples' feet, he had just told them that one of them was going to betray him. In this news, as you might imagine, crushed them. One of the 12, a man who had spent the last three years in ministry with them alongside Jesus. One of the 12, a man who had been personally, personally loved day in and day out by Jesus. One of the 12, a man who almost certainly had become a brother to these others. One of the 12 was going to betray Jesus, and this was crushing news. And it really threw the group. And that's the first thing we need to see here. In life, we're going to be let down. People are going to fail us. And here's the deal. Sometimes it's going to be the people that are actually closest to us, like Judas, that will let us down. Any of you know what I'm talking about? Now, while this truth stings, it might not sting as what we're to see next in John 13, which is this. In life, not only will others fail us, but we will fail us. In life, not only will others fail us, but we will fail ourselves. And Peter, the disciple known as Peter, Simon Peter, is a case study in this. If you recall, Peter is the most popular disciple in all of the Gospels. Often he says brilliant things, and often he says foolish things. And like many of us, he's quick to give an answer or provide a solution to every single moment. You know anyone like that? He's quick to rush into action. You know what? That's why I love him. That's why a lot of us love him, right? He's so relatable. It's like watching a sitcom. And so at times he's oh so right, and at times he's oh so wrong. And we see this, for instance, in Luke 5. When he first encounters Jesus after the big haul, the big catch, he drops down and he says, uh, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. You see, he gets it right there. And then in Matthew 16, when asked by Jesus in the context of who people are saying Jesus is or is not, he turns to Peter and he says, Peter, who do you say I am? He says, Jesus, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. 
Again, he, he gets it right. And yet, then almost immediately, he gets it wrong, right there in the same chapter. If you remember in Matthew 16, Jesus finally starts to unveil God's eternal plan, how he came to be the sacrificial lamb to give his life for them and for us. What does Peter do? He, he rebukes Jesus. He says these words, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. And guess what? It's actually Peter who needs the rebuke, isn't it? And so we read these moments in these stories throughout the Gospels, and they cause us to cringe because we can see ourselves in these stories. Peter was a confident man, and like many of us, given the quick responses, a man who could walk into any room and think he could make it better. And that's exactly what he aims to do here at the end of John 13. You see, following the announcement that one of the 12 would betray Jesus, Peter sticks out his chest. And he basically says, Jesus, where are you going? I will come with you. I won't betray you. Jesus, even, even if it costs me my life, I'm, I'm committed to you. To which Jesus replies, will you lay down your life for me? Truly I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you've denied me three times. In just a few short hours later, that's exactly what we read about in the Gospels. Now, if you're like me, you can't help but feel bad for Peter, right? Here he's called out in front of the rest of the disciples. And for all of us to read 2,000 plus years later, it's now written out, his false bravado. The truth is, Peter was completely missing what Jesus had been trying to teach him all along. Peter, like many of us, was completely missing the very purpose of why Jesus came. Now, this is important. Listen to this. As theologian F.D. Bruner writes, Peter thinks that the Christian faith is mainly something we disciples do for Jesus and not supremely what Jesus does to, for, and through the disciples. You're going to lay down your life for me? Jesus queries in what appears to be genuine astonishment. Peter, you have this whole thing upside down. No, I am going to lay down my life for you. I tried to show you this at the foot washing a little while ago, and you only belatedly got it, if you got it at all. How many times do I have to tell you, you are not the hero of the story? And friends, until we see that truth, that we're not the hero of the story and we don't need to be, we will fall into the same anxiety-driven performance cycle I've got to do more. I've got to pray more. I've got to prove more that Peter falls into, and of course we so often fall into. Just as Proverbs 16, verse 18 reads, pride goes before destruction in a haughty spirit before a fall. Not only will others fail us, Dan, but we'll fail ourselves. And more than that, we will fail in our efforts to follow Jesus. Anyone know what I'm talking about? So what do we do with that? 
Well, let me suggest that we allow ourselves to be honest and fail into faith. Yeah, fail into faith. This leads us to point two. No matter what we face today, we do not have to fear tomorrow because Jesus is always faithful. Now to another story. This, as told by Kent Hughes and some other writers, years ago, Tsar Nicholas I of Russia was greatly interested in a young man because he was friends with the young man's father. And when that young man came of age, Tsar Nicholas gave him a fine position in the army. He also stationed him in a place of responsibility at one of the greatest Russian fortresses of the time. The young man was responsible for the monies and finances of a particular division of the army, and he did quite well at first, but as time went along, he became quite a gambler. Before long, he had gambled his entire fortune away, and he borrowed from the treasury and also gambled that away, a few rubbles at a time. One day, he heard that there was going to be an audit of the books the very next day. So he went to the safe and took out the ledger and figured out how much money he had, then subtracted the amount he had taken. And as he sat at the table, overwhelmed at the astronomical debt, he took out a pen and wrote, a great debt, who can pay? Not willing to go through the shame of what would happen the next day, he took out his revolver and covenanted with himself that at the stroke of midnight, he would take his own life. It was a warm and drowsy evening, and as the young man sat at the table, he dozed off. Now, Tsar Nicholas had a habit of putting on common soldiers' uniforms and visiting some of his troops. So on that very night, he came to that particular fortress, and he looked up, and as he inspected, he saw a light on in one of the rooms. So he went, and he knocked at the door. But no one answered. He tried the latch, opened the door, and went in, and there was the young man. The czar recognized him immediately. When he saw the note on the table and the ledgers laid out, his first impulse was to wake the young man and arrest him. But overtaken with a wave of generosity, he instead took the pen that had fallen out of the soldier's hand and wrote one word on the paper. And then he tiptoed out of the room. About an hour later, the young man woke up and reached for his revolver, realizing it was much later than 12. And then his eyes fell upon his note. A great debt, who can pay? And he saw immediately that one word had been added. Nicholas. The young man dropped the gun. He ran to his files, thumbed through some correspondence, and found the czar's signature. And the the note turned out to be authentic. And the realization struck him. The czar has been here and knows all of my guilt, but he has undertaken my debt, and I will not have to die. See, the young man trusted in the czar's word, and sure enough, the muddies did come. It's an incredible story, right? 
Now, I don't know about you, but when I get into trouble, I expect to pay a price. When I, when I was a little kid, I was often sent to timeout. Parents, anyone know what timeout is in the room? Yeah? Then when I was a young teenager, every once in a while, I would be sent to detention. Kids, students, adults, if that was you, can you give me a head nod? You ever been to detention? No, Didi's like a hard no. Bill's like strong yes. Stay, stay with me. Then in my late teens, confession time, I even faced a high school suspension for something foolish I'd done. Now, don't raise your hand. Don't nod your head. Just give me a wink if you've been suspended at any time in your life. I'm winking with you. Even at my house, when I get into trouble with Miss Carly, there's often a price to pay. She'll give me those eyes. That look. Marie knows it. Butch knows it. She'll give me those eyes. She'll give me those words. Or she'll give me that silent treatment. Anyone ever faced the silent treatment before? Yeah? It's the worst. So now given, let's go back to our passage. Now given all we know from John 13 about Judas soon betraying Jesus and Peter soon abandoning Jesus, you would think as we look to John 14, Jesus would drop the boom on his disciples. He would say, here are the consequences for your upcoming actions. Now keep in mind, in the original manuscript, some of you might not know this, there were not chapter markings. So there was not John 13 and 14. This flowed seamlessly together. So does Jesus drop the boom on his disciples in their upcoming failures? He does not. Instead, he offers love. He offers grace. He lets them know it's all going to turn out all right as they trust in him. Listen to these words of Jesus. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. And Lord Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Isn't that beautiful? Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. What kindness. What encouragement. What grace. Now, if you're like me and have studied this passage, you will know John 14, 6, right? It's a text that talks about the unique exclusivity of Jesus. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You've probably read it. If any of you have done any work through apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith, you've probably studied it, right? Now, make no mistake. Jesus is boldly stating, I am the way, not a way to God and everlasting life. 
And we see this claim woven throughout all of Scripture. For instance, Acts 4, we read it again. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There's salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Again, in 1 John 5, verses 11 and 12. And this is the testimony God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. The one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So Scripture and Jesus himself are calling us to trust fully and solely in Jesus for our eternal well-being, not in a person, not in a, not, excuse me, not in another person, not in another plan, or not in another faith tradition. Do you see that? Yet it is vital, catch this, it is vital that we not lose sight of the context of our text. Here in John 14, Jesus tells his disciples that even though he will face abandonment by them, even though he will face betrayal by them, and even though they and we will wander and stray and say and do things we're greatly ashamed of, he will still love us. He will still come back for us. And there's room for every single one of us in the Father's house. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you? Thus, the claim by Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, it's not about arrogance. It's about kindness. It's not about boasting. It's about blessing offered to you and to me. Do you see it? And this invitation to not let our hearts be troubled and to place our faith in Jesus is offered to everyone here today. Dan, we don't have to be the hero. Sarah, you don't have to be the hero. Brett, you don't have to be the hero. There is another one who goes before us and actually does save us. And his name is Jesus. Now, before I wrap up, I need to share one more significant detail about our passage. When Jesus says, Do, don't let your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me, this is really great. Let me land this plane. The you is actually plural, and the heart is singular. So what does this mean? It means that as we face the obstacles out there in the world around us, and as we face the obstacles in here and in our hearts and in this community, we're not meant to face them alone. We're meant to do life together, Stephen. We're meant to do faith together. We're meant to share in one heart and one hope under one Lord whose name is Jesus. And returning to the men's hike, that's what makes the men's hike so powerful. These guys intentionally create space to acknowledge their shortcomings, and together they place their faith in Jesus. And then, one, then when one of them faces what looks like an insurmountable obstacle, they're able to say to one another, Jonathan, don't let go of that rope. 
Mike, don't let go of that rope. Courtney, don't let go of that rope. This is the essence of gospel community. This is what we see in the hike, in our women's retreat, in our groups as they flourish. We're not just meant to go through faith alone. We're meant to share it together. So as we enter this fall, we're entering yet another uncertain season, aren't we? It's madness out there. It might be madness right here. And we're surely going to face some insurmountable obstacles. Let's be real. But just like our passage displays, this does not have to be a bad season for us. In fact, it can be a beautiful season for us where together we solely and fully place our faith in Jesus. So Jay, don't let your heart be troubled. Dee Dee, don't let your heart be troubled. Melissa, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says. So let's encourage one another. Don't let go of that rope. Grab firmly to Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word, this good news. I know there's people in here right now that are ready to scream yes. They recognize they can't do life alone. They're not meant to do it alone. None of us are. May we fully and solely trust in you, Jesus, no matter what obstacle comes our way. If this is the heartbeat of your soul right now, just quietly say yes. And repeat after me, Jesus, I fully and solely place my trust in you. Thank you for being the way, the truth, and the life. And all God's people said, amen.